CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, here we go. Three, two. Hey, be nice to JV Prince. I love you too. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, January 18th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, concert listings. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this, pro- oh, also columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. I'm so sorry, Ben. Where, where are my manners? Check out columns from Ben Jarofsky as well. Ben, what's the latest column about again? Oh, my God. It just dropped. The sound. This is the sound of it dropping. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's a column on the uh, mayoral race. Bottom line. Nobody knows nothing. (laughs) That's the bottom line. Nobody knows who's going to win. Come on. I've already. I'm I'm telling folks who listen once a week. uh, We'll we'll do the odds. Like, who do you think is going to be in the runoff? Because we all know there's a runoff. I think I believe we've trained Chicagoans. They now understand the concept of a runoff. But uh, so yesterday, Kelly Garcia on the show. Who did she predict? The I think she had it. Uh, Lori Lightfoot versus Chewy Garcia. Okay, no, she had Brandon Johnson versus Chewy Garcia. Uh, you are, correct. You know, uh, can we just edit that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it in. You're right. I was Ben said Johnson. I had Johnson versus Vallis. You're right. And, uh, Kelly, I apologize. Uh, you had uh, Brandon Johnson versus uh, Chewy Garcia. And uh, so who knows? You know, once nobody knows, uh, Greg Hines just wrote a column with, with a poll that showed a poll that had uh, Chewy Garcia and uh, Lori Lightfoot running neck and neck for one and two. So who knows? Hey, nobody knows. You know who knows? Nobody. That's who knows. Nobody. Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V as in victory, S-K-Y. It is Tuesday, January 18th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Now your host, he's not a bad dancer, Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Awful dancer. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> I'm an awful dancer. You don't want to see me dance, ladies and gentlemen. In my mind, I'm a great dancer. But in reality, I'm terrible. But they know the funny thing, D, everyone in my family is a great dancer. We'll go to parties, my wife, my kids, they're all dancing, and I'm at the wall going, yeah, how come I can't? Oh. Anyway, I, I got <laughs> Picture you like doing the robot by yourself. Like, oh, well, oh, there goes wow. Ben in that robot. <laughs> don't dance. Okay. Just stand on the wall. All right. Don't don't dance. Don't sing. Don't do anything. All right. We're calling this MAGA Free Speech Wednesday, and here's why. Oh, man. Now, it's going to be a long, winding road to I get to MAGA Free Speech, but let, just follow me on this one. 
So uh, more news in the Chicago Sun-Times about uh, taxes and fees, and it's all bad. On the fee front, here's the headline. Record ComEd rate hike could be a jolt to your pocketbook. You got to love the bright one, the real bright one, the newspaper, not that online thing. They have funny headlines. Get it? A jolt to your pocketbook. A ComEd is seeking to raise the rates so that the average customer, residential customer, paying $17 more per month. Ouch, that hurts. Meanwhile, uh, inside uh, the paper, there's a really geeky article. It's really uh, the deep dive, geeky, nerdy stuff that, of course, I went through uh, right away. Uh, good job. I want to give a shout out to, uh, I think her name is Nika uh, Schoonover. Uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing it. Capital News, Illinois. And the bottom line is this. Uh, the state of Illinois is dependent on uh, revenue from gasoline, the sale of gasoline, to pay a lot of its bills, including its very um, uh, expensive and costly road repair uh, construction project that J.B. Pritzker passed in his first term, very proud of, going to be repairing roads and bridges and highways, et cetera, and so forth. But those bills will be paid with the proceeds of a tax on gasoline. And guess what? As more and more people drive electric cars, that's the sound of the uh, the intake from the gas tax going down. Suddenly, because more people are doing the right, and I have right in quotes, not right as in MAGA, but right as in the correct thing, and going to electric cars, which puts less strain and stress on our uh, planet, uh, as they do that, the consumption of gasoline goes down and the uh, gasoline tax proceeds go down and suddenly they're scrambling to figure out how to make up for it. And that brings me to Elon Musk. <laughs> I had to go there, ladies and gentlemen, I had to go there. So Elon Musk is the multi-gazillionaire who runs Tesla and Twitter, uh, has made his fortune largely through selling electric cars, which have been subsidized to a certain degree by you, the taxpayer. It's an incentive they give people to buy electric cars because it's better in the long term for their earth and the environment. This, of course, uh, is because people who pass these laws, giving these incentives, believe in the notion of uh, climate change, that we're destroying our environment that the world is getting warmer, and as a result, we're having more tornadoes and hurricanes and forest fires and flooding, et cetera, and so, droughts, et cetera, and so forth. The ice caps are melting. Uh, this position, though it's supported by scientists, is vehemently denied by <laughs> MAGA. Not sure why MAGA is so fervent in its denial of um, climate change probably because they despise the people who advocate it. So they're pursuing policies, not on reason and logic and what's best for people, but on their pettiest of feelings, their grudges. It's like they have this rivalry that goes back to high school and they're using it to justify policies that are destroying the world. Well, anyway, Elon Musk is making a fortune, has made a fortune off the sale of electric cars, which are largely subsidized by liberal people uh, who believe that climate change is real. However, in the perverse world of American politics, he has decided to go right. He's now joined forces with MAGA. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe as a high school kid, he hated lefties. So it's really weird. Maybe he self-hates. Who knows? I'm not his therapist. It's one of the most bizarre things in the world. This is a he's man from hated. South Africa. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Monroe, he's from South Africa. White man from South Africa. In the story. I always forget that part. White man from South Africa. So even though he's making gazillions of dollars from liberals, he hates liberals. And so he's always talking about 
the need to just have complete and total freedom to say what you want. And when he says that, he means the complete and total freedom for MAGA people to say any derogatory, mean, nasty, repulsive thing about black people, Jewish people, Muslim people, overweight people, trans people. You get the idea. People that MAGA hates. Wow. Free speech. You have to have free speech. And he bought Twitter with the idea that it would be a, a marketplace of free speech. Well, in today's New York Times, very interesting story. Got to give a shout out to the New York Times. They are following. By the way, I say this all the time. If you really want to, if you're going to read the New York Times, read the business section. Their political coverage, I've come to the conclusion, is terrible. But if you read the business section, you'll know what's going on because the reporters do a pretty good job at just dealing with what's going on. Uh, in this particular case, there's been a lawsuit filed against Elon Musk by stockholders of Tesla. Follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, about five years ago, Elon Musk tweeted out that he was about to cut a deal to take uh, Tesla private. And as, as a result of that deal, he was about to cut the shareholders would, he would purchase the shareholder stock. Okay, the deal fell through, the stock plummeted. Now he's being sued uh, by shareholders who say his like uh, unthought through, off the cuff comment on Twitter, it was a tweet where he announced this, has caused them economic hurt. Harmful. They've been harmed economically, and they want him to pay up. He already has lost uh, on a, 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 a similar suit that came before uh, the government on this matter. Uh, and as a part of that suit, follow me on this, Elon Musk uh, agreed to have a lawyer review certain statements he makes about the company on social media before publishing them. One more time, he agreed to have a lawyer review certain statements he makes about the company on social media before publishing. Where's the outrage from MAGA about the, about Elon Musk losing his rights to free speech. Where's the outrage from Marjorie Taylor green and Lauren Boebert and Kevin McCarthy and Steve Bannon about this intrusion on the marketplace. A free speech. You know where it is? It's nowhere because they don't believe in free speech any more than I do. It's just a fraudulent game played by these hustlers. And that brings me, I'll finally close with Linda Paulson, who was, I alluded to this earlier when I was chatting with Dennis before we went on the air, uh, is the state Senate candidate Monroe. I don't know if you ever saw this. We should play this when you're on the air, when you're on the show. Uh, Linda Paulson, a senior citizen to put it mildly, an older white woman. And she did a rap video, which I talked about back in September and October. Uh, it was her uh, rap video extolling the virtues of MAGA and why people should vote for her uh, in uh, the state Senate election in uh, in Utah. She ultimately- that one that sounds like a nursery rhyme? Yeah, it's supposed to be rap. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, yeah, right. And one of the things she talks about in that rap, she goes, it's like, this is the MAGA core things that MAGA believes in. And one of the things is free speech. And I just laughed when I heard that, you know, because also in that uh, video, she talked about the rights of parents to take books out of libraries and to tell teachers what they can teach. So MAGA is all over the map when it comes to free speech, basically free speech for them, 
not for anybody else. Right. So right. they don't understand. I mean, collectively, they are so uneducated and so uh, unthinking that they don't understand this stuff. You know, it was like when when Obama was president. This this um, Tea Party person, which is the um, mother of um, MAGA, I guess. But anyway, this Tea Party person had this sign: "Keep your government hands off my Social Security." <laughs> Not realizing that it's the government that's doing that. And, and speaking of of of, of, of your, your your man. Eli. Oh, Elon, yeah. yeah. South African, he, yes. Exactly. Twitter has lost 40% of its uh its its people on there, and 500 companies have stopped advertising with them. Yeah. So it's in you know, 40% of its income. That's what they, yeah, not as it's is people tweeting. Yeah. And no, so Musk is losing. He's lost a uh, hundred and some billion dollars. I, I heard the number, but I forgot what it was. But um, that would matter to you or me if we lost that much money. No, I, okay. Uh, by the way, this is not where where we're going to go ultimately. But let's just finish this up. Uh, no, it. What Elon Musk has done uh, with Twitter uh, and Tesla uh, yeah. is very frightening. Uh, because his lack of discipline, uh, his belief that he's free to do whatever he wants without uh, any kind of restraints, uh, causing huge problems for two companies. So, we, yeah, we all know about how you just pointed out how he's uh, uh, ruined Twitter and hundreds of people have lost their jobs as a result. He doesn't care. Uh, but it's also having consequences on Tesla. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. it, almost every uh, stockholder report or analyst will say for Tesla to move on uh, and improve its stock has plummeted over the last year. They need to either stifle Elon Musk, <laughs> you know, uh, so much for his free speech, uh, or remove him as the uh, the CEO. Yeah. And uh, and put it in the hands of somebody a little more restrained, uh, with a little more discipline, uh, perhaps not with the outlandish views, uh, because you're right, Monroe. He's destroying. Uh, he's not only destroying Twitter; he's also destroying Tesla. Well, the other problem is um, that Tesla got glorified a long time ago, and the stock was o always overpriced. And so it's self-corrected, basically. And um, the car, as it turns out, is not as good as um, its um, PR had it. It's it's been a lot of there's been a lot of problems with Tesla and it's self-driving and, and just a lot of things. So it's not it's not a bad car, but it's not the best car out there. Uh, Monroe, ladies and gentlemen, you should know some about Monroe. He keeps us quiet. Big time stock player, big time. We're gonna do a podcast, Monroe's picks. Uh, what stocks to pick? Just when you said that, the stock self-corrected. That is such market talk. A self-correction. 
Self-correction means it plummeted. Okay. <laughs> they, they realized, oh, got they realized, oh shit, it ain't worth all this money. Let me get some off the table before it's too late. <laughs> Self-corrected. That's like <laughs> that's market talk. That's uh yeah, that's classic market talk, free market talk. Let the market uh correct itself, Ben. You don't need government oversight at all. Uh, all right. Uh, so much to talk about in the world of politics. I'll somehow or other uh, show some discipline that Elon Musk uh, cannot muster, and I will uh, divert my attentions from Elon Musk uh, at the moment and talk about the world of MAGA. Uh, as you said to me today, uh, Monroe, before we did the show, the inmates are running the asylum. Uh, explain what you meant by that when you said it. Um. The the craziest, okay, wait, given that the Republican Party today, as we know it, is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Coming and going up and down, side to side, is nuts. But among the nuts, the Trump nuts, yeah. the far, far, far right people, like um, Green, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, is it? Yeah. Uh, she is a a, a, a truther. Uh, that's the group that believes that uh, the World Trade Center was an inside job that the U.S. took it down for to make a point. I don't know. I, it, I mean, it's so crazy. I don't quite understand what they're saying. But anyway, it's nuts. Um, she believes she has talked about Jews shooting lasers from outer space at California, and she's um, she is so out there and so wacko. Yeah, and and there's um Go Go Gober or Gomer. I keep forgetting him. That doctor, uh, Gozart. Yeah, from who, Arizona. Who was hanging out with uh, white white uh, supremacists publicly before it became in vogue after nine uh, January six? Um, so I mean, it's just uh, the worst of the worst Republicans, the deniers, the election deniers. They all have these choice committee memberships and uh, sometimes leadership that McCarthy gave them because he needed their vote. He's, he's so much, the only thing that matters to him is that he's now the Speaker of the House. He's been dreaming this since he was in fifth grade or something. <laughs> uh, so now his life has come to realization and he has no power because of, in, in, in the things that he gave away was that any given house person who was dissatisfied with his performance uh, could put forth a nomination that he be removed from the position. Now, of course, they have to get a majority vote. They, you know, just get, oh, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> he has to get out of it. But they can, they can bring up the subject, which would cause, since he just barely, barely, barely became speaker to begin with. Um, it puts him at risk. He's vulnerable at all times. Well, the Democrats, by the way, so give me your thoughts about this. A Democrat could do the same. 
I mean, yes. under the rules, a Democrat can move to have right. uh, a reconsideration of McCarthy's role as speaker and uh, could there could threaten that existence. You know, they, you could try to talk if you could find them, five Republicans to uh, breaking ranks. What do you think about that? Uh, so far, I don't think that day will come when a Democrat does it. Yeah, well, yes. A Demo- yeah. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about crazy MAGA. I'm not right. talking no. about. Yeah, Republic, I'm talking about a Democrat. There, at some point in the future, there's going to be something like, say, the debt ceiling, which um, will hit crisis point in June, uh, where the Republicans are trying to hold, hang tough, and a Democrat is going to say, "This is crazy." We're about, we're about to destroy the world economy for what? And they will put it forth if he doesn't if he doesn't dance to them. I mean, he he has he he does not have a good future ahead of him as Speaker of House because yeah. he has to either hang with the crazies or he has to be um, partner partner with the Democrats, and it's. Um, it's, it's going to be some difficult days ahead for him. Well, when you say hang with the crazies, I'm watching uh, a couple of interesting transformations going on. We'll talk about uh, two two of them in particular, George Santos and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, I'm going to stick with Marjorie Taylor Greene first. Um, okay. I'm watching, <laughs> reading articles uh, in the national press, the New York Times and the Washington Post by and large, which are trying to <laughs> present the case that Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, the crackpot congresswoman from Georgia, is undergoing a maturation, and she's evolving into a more mainstream type. Now, Monroe, I am totally used to the concept of PR spin. Uh, I've been subjected to it from Chicago, uh, in Chicago for over 40 years, close to 40 years, whatever. Uh, But this is... fast you know what i mean this is like this is really like a hurry up spin process to to convert almost overnight a woman who was on the fringes of american politics whose behavior uh which she has never apologized for her rhetoric which she's never apologized for was so obscene uh and out so outside the norm is now trying to present herself as a mature uh, leader, your yeah. thought. Yeah, my my thought is that what's become of the Republican Party is that if you want to make money, if you want to get booked on Fox, uh, if, if you want some some visibility, you say the craziest batshit stuff you can come up with. And people donate to you, give you, and this is what she's done. I mean, literally, this was her playbook. She, she, she gets more money than any Republican besides Trump donations from from the MAGA group. She, um, she, she, Pelosi kicked her off off all her committees. Uh, McCar- uh, McCarthy is putting her in t- on a couple of very important ones, including. Homeland. So she has accomplished her goal. So now, you know, it's 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 like with rich men in America's history. 
What they do is they lie and cheat and steal until they become very rich. Then they buy respectability. They, you know, they put up museums or uh, charitable something for children or something uh, to sort of um, obliterate all the horrible things they did to get to be as rich as they are. So she's in the process of do- maybe, I don't want to say for sure, but the, the, there is some inkling that this is what she's trying to do now, where that she's in a piece in a place of responsibility where she's trying to look responsible. Well, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, I, I, yeah, I have, it probably uh, won't. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we we will definitely see. Uh, it, it it'll be interesting as we go forth because uh, follow me in this one in the opening round. Uh, which was the McCar- McCarthy's the vote for speaker. She was with McCarthy. So she cut her deal with McCarthy. Uh, he agreed to whatever terms she wanted. Uh, exactly. So she was, she was part of uh, his uh, vote from the get-go. Uh, her uh, soulmates in uh, the MAGA movement, uh, of course, held out. And there were 20 of them, I think. And under normal circumstances, you would think she would be one of that 20. Right. Uh, but no, she held out because she had her, uh, she had what she wanted from McCarthy. Exactly. Now, be interesting if McCarthy, in any way, uh, tries to be a responsible leader. Let's say uh, on lifting the the, the ceiling, uh, so we can have a budget and the economy doesn't collapse. And he puts together a coalition yeah. of Republicans who will join with the Democrats to do that. Which right. I'm not I'm not saying that's going to happen, but no, it's there's a possibility. a possibility. That's a that's a that's a real possibility. So will she stay with the McCarthy coalition that joins the Democrats to lift the debt ceiling? Or will she go with uh, the Boebert crowd in the extreme MAGA movement? She's going to stay. She's going to, she, all these people are con artists and uh, hustlers. And so where, where, where's the biggest paycheck? (laughs) Where 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 is the most clout? That's where she's gonna be, and the, the shifting, the MAGA movement is hardcore, but it's minority, and it's and that's where it will be. So in the long run, uh, it's not gonna carry you far, and she and, and she's gone from a nobody. I mean, literally a nobody. Uh, you go back three years, you wouldn't know that woman if somebody offered you a million dollars to to tell you who she was. To where she's this well-known, enriched. She had money to begin with, but she has more money now. Uh, politician from Georgia, and um, she you know she she shows she can get on any show she wants to get on. She's she's enjoying the good life right now, and she's not going to want to give that up. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I remember. No, I mean the, the, none of these people are operating on principles. You know, if you were operating on, on principles, you would pull a Liz Cheney and go from big time to no time. <laughs> there, there. Yeah, I mean, I know exiled. So, so much for free speech, by the way, exiled. <laughs> Right. Exile. They they don't right. play around. Right. <laughs> you talk about free speech. Hey, that old rapping lady in Utah. What about Liz Cheney's free speech? Uh uh-uh, uh, you're exiled. You're banished because you said something bad about Trump. But listen, I'll say there is no such thing as a principle uh in today's 
Republican Party. None on any issue. None. So that's why it's so difficult to negotiate with Republicans, because no matter what they say is their core belief, they will abandon it uh, if it suits their need at any moment. So you should just forget about having a principal debate uh, at this at this stage. I don't know. Maybe uh, I, maybe Kevin McCarthy. Uh, and McCarthy. Now this is McCarthy's the reason. McCarthy's not going to go with the nuts, the super nuts, on this one is because there are lots and lots of rich, powerful white men who would suffer. Uh, not in the sense of you and I suffering, but I'm talking about instead, like they'd be like, like, like um, Elon, and lose a hundred and some billion dollars, <laughs> and still have um, plenty of pocket change, but, <laughs> but but not as much as they had. And they don't want to. They they are firm believers in the rich get richer. Yeah. So that's what they want to do. Maybe maybe it's a they uh... game to them. Now yeah. they don't need the money, but. They're they're all jockeying to be the richest or or have more power or whatever. Uh, by the way, uh, I've done a lot of reading about Kevin McCarthy uh, since his uh, fight to be the speaker. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, as you pointed out, uh, pretty much every article that I read about him talks about how this has been, as you just pointed out, his lifelong dream to be the speaker. And when I was reading these, I thought back, just a tangent here, uh, to our very own Rahm Emanuel. Yeah. And I follow Rahm's career when he went to Congress, and it was pretty obvious to me that he had this in common with McCarthy. He drew, he wanted to be speaker, and he was positioning to become speaker. And um, I think about this because his path to the speakership uh, effectively ended when he left Congress to take the job that Barack Obama offered him uh, in the White House as chief of staff. And if you recall, uh, Monroe is a tough decision for him. Remember, he asked Blagojevich, then yeah. Governor Blagojevich, if Blagojevich would appoint uh, someone like Forrest Claypool to hold the seat for him so he could take two years off and then he could come back to the seat. It was such a scabby move. They caught him on tape. Uh, the feds yeah. caught him on tape. Uh, and and Blagojevich didn't even have the power, by the way, to fill a congressional vacancy. Uh, that is immediately subjected to a... Uh, a vote so they neither of them knew the law right uh, <laughs> uh it didn't stop them from from plotting to break it right. uh but I, I see some parallels exceedingly ambitious uh politicians and you get so few chances you right. know what i'm saying Marov? like this no, is no, your dream yeah no, you gotta it, grab it go ahead yeah it's a golden ring if you'll remember if you recall jesse jackson jr also wanted to be, he wanted to be the first black speaker of the house. Didn't quite make it. <laughs> no. Yeah, My, Michael Jackson's had a jack, or jacket or whatever. All that crazy stuff he collected got in the way. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of things got in the way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was his dream too. Oh my God, I want a tangent. I remember uh, when Barack Obama was uh, sworn in in 2009. Uh, Jesse Jackson Jr., then a congressman from the 2nd Congressional, positioned himself uh, on the uh, 
what is it, the steps of the Capitol, wherever they have the the swearing in. So yeah. that every he was on the aisle. So people would come by him. It was a yeah. prize seat. And they could shake the hands, whoever came by him, and he was on the camera. And I was like, wow, I gotta dad gotta give him credit that he figured out a way to get that prime position where everybody could see him. Like, good right. move, Junior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then of course his fall came. And then so bizarre in 2016 or 17, when Trump was sworn in, that seat was occupied by Bob Dole. And I'm like, man, things have changed. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> uh, how, how far they have fallen. Um, all right. So let's get back to Santos. So while Marjorie Taylor Greene is attempting. And, uh, and you know that my, that's probably not his real name, Santos. No, I know. It's no. Yeah. I, I He's lied about that. Yeah, but, no, okay, every, but, I, but I'm being redundant. <laughs> what a liar! Absolutely yeah. everything. Uh, if the, it, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but here's what he's doing now. So we talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene positioning herself as a mature candidate uh, who wants to be considered a responsible player. Ha ha. Uh, George Santos is in trouble for because all his lies are catching up to him. The congressman of recently elected congressman from New York. He's moving r extreme right. Yes. He's going MAGA. Right. And, you know, he's always flirted with MAGA, but he kind of dropped the heavy MAGA rhetoric uh, in the uh, 2022 campaign because he didn't want to alienate swing voters. Now that his, he's about to get, I mean, indicted, booted, but he's going full MAGA, Monroe. He's going back right. on the Steve Bannon show. And right. Right. Is he going to save him? Yeah, no, it's not going to save him. Nothing is going to save him because, well, there was a report that came out uh, yesterday, I think it was, that he, he was um, buddy buddies with um, one of um, the Russians who was one of Putin's best friends for life. If he doesn't fall out a window, <laughs> I, I, I drink some poison for some reason or another, but... Other than that, he's one of Putin's best friends for life. Uh, he's friends with him. He Brazil wants him for uh, for kiting checks. So um, I mean, he is in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> and so what he's hoping, and it's not going to work. He's thinking that if he comes becomes full blown MAGA, that he'll be protected. Yes. Same way Trump thinks that all the stupid stuff he's been doing. Is going to protect him. Yeah. Now, his early announcement of his presidency, he thought, was going to be his get out of jail free card, and it's not working. Yeah. No. It, it, yeah. In fact, here, 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 here's a tough question for you. Only, only you may be able to answer this. Who is the bigger liar, Trump <laughs> or Santos? <laughs> um. Well, that's a. A, a trick question. And, uh, I'm not ducking and dodging. Uh, I really am not, because uh, I think their ability to lie, is, which is what I think you're getting at, yeah. uh, is uh, about the same. At any given moment, they they will tell a lie. If so their lips are, if lips or fingertips are moving. There, yeah. They, 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 it's I mean, there's there could be a kernel of truth in what they say. So. I would say um, that they're tied because they have the uh, 
what is it, the, the sociopaths or psychopaths ability uh, to just tell a lie yeah, and not uh, feel any guilt for it, uh, not stutter uh, when they do it, you know, not in any way, obviously send out the message that they are lying. Yeah. Uh, no so I, yeah. I would say that um, Donald Trump's lies uh, have about himself are not as spectacular as George Santos lies about himself. He's essentially created a whole <laughs> new human being that doesn't. <laughs> so we don't even know who the real. Yeah. But who, who, who in the New York third voted for this guy? <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, I'll just jump to the next a topic that I was going to hold off for a while. Speaking of Trump's lies. So uh, we've talked a lot on this show. Uh, about E. Jean Carroll's uh, lawsuit against Donald Trump. She, of course, is the writer who claims Trump raped her uh, in a dressing room of a New York City department store. Trump has vehemently denied it, uh, and uh, she has sued him for defamation, and she's also suing him for sexual assault. Uh, last week, uh, her, there was published a deposition that her attorney, Roberta Kaplan, shout out to Roberta Kaplan, what a hell of a lawyer she is. Uh, she, uh, they finally got to depose Trump uh, and he was subjected to the deposition and a portion of it was released. Monroe, uh, I don't know as if you- As in leaked, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as in leaked. Uh, I presume you've either seen it or uh, you've either read it or- oh, No, that's great. MSNBC had it on screen <laughs> in print. So yeah. If they read it, you could read it too. So you wouldn't miss the good parts. Well, I have right here in front of me a portion of it. Uh, and uh, shout out Jim Coogan, uh, literally sent me this portion. He couldn't believe it. I I, uh, I too read that the, there's portions of it. You can find it on the internet, ladies and gentlemen. And the, like the Trump uh, uh, testimony is in yellow, highlighted in yellow. So it's really easy to follow. Um, and so here's the question. It's from the crazy Chris. part. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that sounds crazy out there is Trump. <laughs> uh, so here's the question. Have you ever kissed a woman without her consent? That's the question from Roberta Kaplan uh, to Donald Trump. And here's Donald Trump's response. Well, I don't. I can't think of any complaints. But no, I mean, I don't think so. That, okay, getting the lie. That is such a lie. Because this is the man who got in political trouble in 2016 when I forget which network released the tape of him chatting with Billy Bush where he bragged about being able to grab women by their pussies. This is this <laughs> this is the man who bragged about it. He, 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 he always had Tic Tacs because he never knew when he wanted to kiss somebody. Yes. And he would just and if they were beautiful, he couldn't help himself. He'd kiss them. And because he's a celebrity, you could do anything, grab them by the pussies, anything. So getting to the the issue of lying and who's the more spectacular liar, George Santos or Donald Trump, I would say that what Donald Trump did on under oath in a deposition is as spectacular as anything George Santos did. He blatantly lied, even though he knew that everybody would know it was a lie and he didn't care. He lied anyway. He did. He didn't feel like he had to, uh, you know, sort of, uh, uh edit what well, he said. Well, he had a, he had a good, he had a, a good cover. She's not his type. 
<laughs> no, I hear you. That's his. That's his defense of right. uh, why he didn't rape her. Exactly. The possibility that he would have raped her uh, <laughs> had she been his type. Yeah, you right. Know, it's not the rape that he objects to. It's the accusation yeah. that I, she yeah. would want to. Trump don't 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 rape no no um, co uh, common women. No no women next door like types. But the specific question is, have you ever kissed a woman without her consent? Right. And he said no. Right. A after having bragged about doing just that. And so when well, I'm saying... No, 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 no. Okay. I'm going to do something really dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'm, I'm going to crawl into Trump's mind. <laughs> for just a fleeting moment. Okay. Because he is... An egomaniac. In his mind, they wanted to kiss him. He wanted to kiss them. And because he was famous, and because he was handsome, and because he was wonderful, and because he was Trump, they too <laughs> wanted to kiss him. So it was a, 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 a an, a, an agreement, unspoken, sort of, Sort of like the way those papers at Mar-a-Lago got got de, um, declassified. He thought it and it happened, and so he looked at this woman and said, "She's fine. I want to kiss her, and because I'm who I am, a narcissist, she wants to kiss me too." Bam! There you go. All right. So let me wait. Ask wait, wait, wait. Let me get out of his mind. Before, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm lost. All okay, right. I'm out. <laughs> Okay, uh, my end is a lot of stuff in that mind. All right, <laughs> now let me ask you what is basically an existential question since you uh, have gone in the mind of Trump. Uh, is it a lie if the person saying whatever he is saying believes it at the time he says it? Is it a lie if he believes what he's saying? Even if what he's saying is not true, is it a lie? If you're not in their head, yes, but in his head, no. I really believe that Trump, in his psychological condition that he's in, has the ability to believe whatever he thinks. You know, it's um, and because he is, he's. I think he's managed to convince himself that he actually won the election. Although everybody and their mama has told him, you didn't win, fool, you lost. Because he doesn't like to be a loser. He has convinced himself that he did, in fact, win the election. Now, he may be like a person with Alzheimer's who is lost in, 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 in their past and what have you, can't remember who their ch child was, their first child or anything. But every now and then they get this window of reality where they know exactly what's going on. They're, they're not suffering from the, the dementia. But then they go back to being nuts again. And that may be what's happened with him. But well, um, I, I uh, enough money on this show for me to actually... <laughs> <laughs> go through this whole thing you use my you use my psychological expertise <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, I, I believe that's a negotiating ploy. So I will double your salary. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you, uh, I, I actually, I'm going to listen to what you said, but this could be a column. Um, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit. Okay. I believe that in Trump's brain. Yeah. He, he thinks that he knows he's lying. He knows he lost that election. Yeah. Uh, but it's, he also realizes that he could play MAGA in such a way uh, as to have the the election delivered to him. And that's what he was trying to do. In fact, in his mind, if he were being honest, he would tell you that anyone who actually believes the BS that he spouts about losing an election, which he knows he lost, about winning an election, that he, which he knows he lost, is a loser. They're all, yeah, right. he and would do anybody who's good enough to believe anything he says as a loser. Right. That, that's kind of how I think. Trump. Well, okay. You know, the, the, an, an, another comparison we can use here is Putin. He and Putin are two peas in a pod. I mean, Putin has screwed up on this whole invasion uh, with Ukraine so badly that while he was, his intention was to become the greatest leader since um, Peter the Great, he's now worked himself into being the worst Russian president ever. Like Trump is the worst American president ever. But um, and they what, what they both are doing is they made stupid, bad um, move, moves. And now that they're in them, they're just going to stick with them to, to the end, the very end. Well, uh, unfortunately, this is a trait of powerful people. I was just thinking about this. I wrote a, in the newsletter about uh, the lying that Lyndon Johnson did to justify the, the war in Vietnam and how he stuck with it uh, long after the point it was obvious to everyone in uh, the military that it was a losing effort. And then Richard Nixon continued it. So I, I hear what you're saying. And unfortunately, because uh, nobody wanted to be the first president that lost the war. So that's why they, they did it. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people paid for that. A lot right. of people paid right. uh, for that uh, inability to say, uh, you know, just to get out and say, yeah, we lost or just even to acknowledge it by getting out. So, yes, you're absolutely correct. A lot of people gave up their lives for that. Nothing had to do with uh, the safety of America. It's just have to do with the, uh, the pride of a president. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of presidents, we'll, uh, I have a trick question at the end, which I'll hold off and uh, I'll, start, I'll give you a question that you, pr you probably expected. Uh, President Biden, I think now we have uh, this four discoveries of various uh, governmental documents from his days as a vice president. Uh, some were in him, uh, his vice presidential center at the University of Pennsylvania. I'm doing it off the top of my head. Somewhere in his garage. Uh, and uh, I think they found some uh, in his uh, home office. Monroe, what the hell is going? What's with these presidents ho holding on to documents? Uh, why do they even want them? Uh, I, I can I, I can understand that. I've, we've been in the process of downsizing here, throwing away stuff from 20, 30 years ago that we really don't need. That's of no use whatsoever. But it's just um, a memory, sort of like a 
if it was music, it would be part of the soundtrack of your life. Um, and and so with 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 Biden, first of all, he didn't pack all that stuff. When when I became press secretary to Sawyer, I I had a meeting with Sawyer at the Drake Hotel. We had um, finger sandwiches and tea. <laughs> it's in the afternoon. And I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. He talked me into doing it. Um, I was supposed to go to work the next day. They needed me. It was, it was King's holiday. So I went to a, din- a breakfast for that. Then they held a press conference. And I was announced at a press conference at City Hall as the new press secretary. I was at work. I, I never went back to my office at Newsweek. So everything I had in my office, people sent. Uh, my One of my secretaries, I had four secretaries. One of my secretaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a rough life. <laughs> anyway. You have four secretaries at Newsweek? No. No, I had no secretaries at Newsweek. Okay, I was going to say, you have four secretaries at City Hall. It's press secretary. That's ridiculous. four secretaries that I inherited. I was like, I went out and picked four people. Anyway, the the main one, Tiama Romero, who later became Danny's handler person, uh, she sent some people from Streets and Sands that literally packed up my office and came and dumped it off in my house. And some of those boxes I have not opened till this day. They're just boxes in my house. So it, when other people pack for you, you don't know what you're gonna get. It's like a, a, a surprise, Jack, Jack in the Box surprise. I uh, I could I could sort of buy that. Uh, I, and, I, and I fully understand that the circumstances between Donald Trump uh, and his secret documents and Joe Biden couldn't be more different. Right. Um, no, Trump was picking and choosing. He, I want he, that he, one. Mine, 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 mine. And, and then he's trying to shake that. I mean, this, I, that's, this, I've had this conversation with Jim Coogan, and I absolutely, everything is, anytime you ask Donald Trump for anything, it's a transaction. Okay, I'll give it to, what are you going to give me? And so I just, he was wheeling and dealing with the feds uh, right. on those boxes. Um but that's funny, man. You had four secretaries. You know, there's a song uh, from the 70s. Uh, no listener will know it, uh, but it's called Take a Letter Maria, and it's addressed to the guy's secretary. And your kids would be, take a letter Maria's. <laughs> four, four secretaries. I paid for all secretaries. I <laughs> sure secretary. did. Suddenly, <laughs> so, I'm outraged. Oh, my inner Republican is coming forth. God damn it, my taxes. Uh, as, 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 a, as a a hardcore journalist, investigative reporter, I would have been upset at me too. But <laughs> I couldn't quite work it up. <laughs> at the time, you had four secretaries, man. Four secretaries. Take a letter, Maria's. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll close a little sports conversation and uh, our mutual friend, Alan Jones, uh, is just so excited about this. I've been exchanging texts with him. Where you going to, Leon will be coming on. We'll do a special Super Bowl show, talk about the Bears. But the Chicago Bears announced today, uh, well, it was announced yesterday. They had a press conference. It's in today's papers. Uh, that Kevin Warren uh, is their new uh, president. 
And uh, so he's Paul's boss. Yes. Yes. He's Paul's boss. Uh, And he's the former Big Ten commissioner. Uh, And so the uh, follow me on this. Okay. President of the Chicago Bears, the man who's in charge, like the buck stops here guy, is a black man. Right. The general manager of the Chicago Bears. Right. The man who makes all the decisions as to who they draft is a black man. Right. Quarterback of the Chicago Bears, the the man who runs the team on the field. Right. Justin Fields is a black man. Right. Three black men in positions of power with the Chicago Bears. And it was only about five years ago, I want to say, I've lost track of time, that the people who ran the Chicago Bears took Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, a white man, over Patrick Mahomes, a black right. man, who perhaps the greatest quarterback of his generation. I still haven't quite got over that. Right. Monroe, I, I, I'm I'm like, I got to give them some love to the Chicago Bears. I don't, still don't believe they should get a handout from the city of Chicago to stay at Soldier Field and farewell. Go to Arlington Heights and take their property tax dollars. But you got to give them, in my opinion, you got to give them credit. Uh, this is not the Chicago Bears that you and I grew up. Right. Watching. It's not your granddaddy's Chicago yeah. Bears. Right. Now, I am amazed. And, and the only thing I can think of is that uh, Virginia McCaskey just had her 100 or 101st birthday. And 10 years ago, she said she wanted to see the Bears get win another Super Bowl before she died. And time is running out. So she, she said, oh, my. I think maybe we should try that Negro solution. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, as I always point out, the views and opinions of Monroe Anderson do not necessarily reflect those that have been Uh let's try. I uh I, I'm listen, I'm I have no idea. This this year uh was clearly a tank year uh where Ryan Poles put out a team that he knew uh could not uh be a challenger. Uh, and they ended up losing having a worse record in the NFL and they'll have the number one draft pick. And it's classic tank. Uh, where you uh, build your team in order to uh, lose in the hopes that you can get a good players, uh, top players, and uh, then win. It's, so it's tanking 101. Now the pressure's on him uh, to select the correct players who can make yeah. them win. You know, right. everybody gave him a pass his first year, like, oh, well, he's tanking, Ben. That's what he's doing. Uh, so I, like he's a lot of pressure on him, uh, Monroe Ryan Poles. But yeah, I I don't know what to say. Uh, this, you know, uh, it's I know. A- no, it's amazing. We'll we'll see. And and um, and I think I've told said this to you before, but I think that um, we should try and keep the bears out of Arlington Heights. Oh, you. I, I'm, I, what are you, what are you smoking? I want some of that. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, it's good stuff. <laughs> I mean, it is. Right. No, no, no. I've I've thought about this because initially I was like in the who cares. Yes. I never. I never was for Arlington Heights, and because you know how I feel about the go the um, suburbs of Chicago. Yes. I go there once a year, whether I need to or not. Which, which I've never heard of you going to a suburb. I don't believe you. What suburb have you? What what suburb have you been to in the last five years? 
Um, you can't name one. Yeah, I can. Oak Park and Evanston. What were you doing in Oak Park and Evanston? Oak Park, I had to go to to get my COVID shot. Okay. <laughs> Walgreens. <laughs> oh my God, COVID's right. That's the only reason, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. You wouldn't get Monroe Anderson in Oak Park. <laughs> it was the pandemic got us all doing crazy things. <laughs> and, and I can't remember why I went to Everson, but but I go to the uh, Jamaican American Bakery two or three times a year, and it's and Oak Park is literally right across the street. So I might have taken a wrong turn or something. Well, one of my best friends lives in Evanston. I go there all the time to watch. Um, football and base and basketball games and boxing and then uh uh we go there's a chicken place in evanston that we love and we get the chicken there so i love evanston that's my hometown yeah well, um, i mean i don't i have nothing no but but i i can't remember the last time i was in arlington park but i've been there oh i used to go there all the time yeah. the old racetrack I was yeah not, I went to the racetrack all the time three or yeah. four times in my life uh, but anyway no but let me get back to this Again, and I said this to you on your show before on this show, yeah. And I want to reiterate it, and that's that the Bears are good, a good PR vehicle for Chicago. Every home game they have, you get all these beauty shots of the city, and um, a lot of Americans have no idea of what Chicago looks like, where Chicago is. I mean, they could care less about Chicago. And so this is an advertising um, tool for the city. And therefore, th th if it goes to Arlington Heights, they're going to lose that. Well, tough luck. Uh, first of all, they still may show some shots, uh, even though they're not retired. What of New York City do you see? Uh, they show Florida, uh, uh, well, you know, I can't, I just can't remember. Uh, okay, like, no, the Navy, uh, as you're watching the playoffs, let's see. Uh, when the Giants, yeah, they're playing in the Meadowlands, which is in Jersey. So exactly. uh, they the show Patriots, shots of Manhattan. Patriots, yeah, right. Look, look for them. Because uh, when I said to you, that to you, then I said, well, wait, maybe I'm speaking too quickly. I, I should check it out with some of these other teams. You're not getting those beauty shots. Well, I, I first of all, don't believe the beauty shots are worth the money. Uh, and we're still paying off the money from $600 the, million. Yeah, the that we borrowed seven. in 2003 to yeah, rebuild. Million, yeah. And so right. now we want to. So, no, I'm listen. Uh, this is something you and I will never, ever agree on. Uh, I don't think. Unless you change your mind. Yeah, right. Now, I, I must confess, though, and I'll make a huge concession at, at the close of this show. Uh, I was against the handout to the White Sox to build White Sox Park. Yeah. Uh, but I have since come to really enjoy going to White Sox games, mainly because I can't stand the Cubs so much, the <laughs> ownership so much. So I'm like, thank goodness the White Sox are here. And so... You know, all right, if my tax dollars are going to be subsidized the White Sox, I, all right, I'll I can live with and that. And with the if the if if uh, Mayor Lightfoot's scheme actually works, then you, there will be other things happening uh, year round at at the, the Bears at, at Soldier Field. 
of the, the things happening, the way they're going to build it up. And also with a dome, that, and I thought it was crazy to begin with when they didn't put a dome on it, when they did it with the $600 million that we're still not getting, that we're still owed. There should have been a dome then. It makes no sense in this modern age not to have a dome stadium. So you can have Super Bowls there, which is a great advertising venue. All right. So uh, I'll let you have the, the last word on that one, as I uh, usually do with guests. And we'll close with uh, you going Vegas on me. Every guest who comes in the show now is going to get this if they know if they know follow Illinois politics, Chicago politics. Uh, so I know it may change week to week. But at the moment, if you had to put money down in Vegas, who do you think will be the two mayoral candidates who emerge from the uh, February 28th primary uh, to, to go into the runoff. We all know it's going to be a runoff. We all know uh, no one's going to get more than 50% of the vote. So at this moment, realizing it could change next week, it's week right. to week, who do you position uh, as the two who will be in the runoff? Go. It will be the mayor because she has the advantage of incumbency. And it will be whatever challenger is worthy of negative advertising. Okay, that, 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 you know, that's not a bet. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta come up with a name. Okay, well, who, who is she running the negative ads again? Chewy. Chewy. So, so you go Lori Chewy. and Chewy. That would be my bet right now. Lori and Chewy. That's where Monroe is now, today. Now, Br Brandon may be the dark horse. Yeah, now, I always say or, this. Yeah, uh, Brandon. Well, I mean, lefties well, are the ones. May be the white knight. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, but Vallis has the the lane for the MAGA vote, and that's a lot of that's fifteen percent. So yeah. just MAGA vote in Chicago is not enough to win anything, but it can get you into a runoff. And yeah, Brandon has eight other eight other yeah, candidates. Eight other candidates, and MAGA can get you into the runoff. Uh, and then uh, Brandon has the committed lefties who are willing to go out and work. None of these people have volunteers. That's why Lori Lightfoot was trying to bribe school children into working for her with right. extra credit offer because right. nobody else is going door to door for her. Right. You know? Right. And uh, nobody else could give them extra credit. <laughs> you can get extra credit. <laughs> now take that. You know what? If my you high school get some extra credit from the mayor. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, if like if my high school diploma is contingent on passing a course vis-a-vis uh, -vis that extra credit from the mayor, I might. Hmm, <laughs> I might be tempted. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, all right, Monroe. Uh, good stuff as always. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Okay. You take care. That's great, Monroe Anderson. Every Wednesday in the Ben Jarowski Show. I also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois. Without whom this show would be possible. And as Monroe and Ryan Pace will tell you back home at all, they call him Dr. D. And the D stands for Marvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Mm -hmm.